0: Taiwan reported 37 local cases on Thursday. 26 of them make up new
1: clusters, and their source of infection is still unknown. The biggest cluster involves 15 people at a tech company in New Taipei. Let's hear from the CCC.
2: What we are more concerned about is that of the 37 local cases today, only 11 were in isolation when they tested positive. The remaining 26 cases make up two or three clusters. We'll need to monitor this development with care. The bigger cluster is in New Taipei, involving Career technology. Yesterday we found one infection, but we didn't assign it a case number. We've given it a case number today. New Taipei has been working extremely hard, processing tests through the night. Altogether, they've found 15 positives in the company. The firm also has a plant in Taoyuan, so Taoyuan will also be testing about 450 workers there.
1: Other cases with an unknown infection source include a brother and sister in New Taipei, who had recently traveled to Kaohsiung. Another one was a worker at a drink shop in New Taipei's Xizhi district. There was also a family cluster involving six people from three different households. These families' members had previously traveled to New Taipei, Miaoli, Kaohsiung, and Pingdong. The presidential office has announced again that Vice President Lai Qingde does not have COVID. The statement comes after the COVID diagnosis of another person he interacted with in Honduras, King Felipe VI of Spain. Speaking on Thursday, the presidential
0: office spokesperson said that Lai took a COVID test the day before and was still COVID-free. Last month, Honduras inaugurated its new
3: president, Xiomar Castro. The ceremony was attended by King Felipe VI of Spain and Taiwanese Vice President Lai Qingde, who shared a brief interaction at the event. Ten days later, the Spanish king has tested positive for COVID, although he's had only mild symptoms. In Taiwan, the news has turned the spotlight on Lai, who is still under quarantine in Tainan.
2: I contacted the vice president, and his body temperature was normal. His most recent rapid test was administered yesterday, and it was negative. So there are no problems. He is in good health.
3: Lai is still in good health, the presidential office said adding that he'd sent the king his regards through Taiwan's office in Spain. Since Lai's return on January 30th, four people he interacted with overseas have been diagnosed with COVID. The first was a staffer at Taiwan's embassy in Honduras. On February 3rd, Belize's prime minister was also diagnosed. Then, on February 6th, news came that Castro herself had contracted the virus. She and Lai had interacted twice during his visit. The fourth person to be diagnosed on February 9th was the King of Spain, who had spoken with Lai at Castro's inauguration. With news of infections flooding in, Taiwan's delegation says it had taken thorough precautions during the trip.
2: We have a very important fundamental rule, frequent hand washing, And whenever we went out, we wore two face masks, including an N95 mask in the inner layer, which was very tight. The outer layer was a surgical face mask. Whenever Vice President Lai met other officials, he would nod his head as a greeting when possible to avoid contact as much as possible. The most important thing was to not bring the virus back to Taiwan.
3: The delegation is now nearing the end of its quarantine. Once
0: the members are out on February 14th, they will undergo seven days of self-health management. Taoyuan City and the U.S. De facto Embassy are teaming up to promote gender
1: equality in sports. On Thursday, they hosted a press conference to announce a cooperation agreement which aims to advance gender equality in Taoyuan's sports culture. Taoyuan's mayor said his city aspires to become a leader in this field for the Asia-Pacific region.
3: Taiyuan Mayor Chen chan and American Institute in Taiwan Director Sandra Odkirk shared a stage at a press conference on Thursday. They signed an agreement to promote gender equality education in sports. Representatives from Singapore and Australia were also at the event, which was organized by the Taiwan Women's Sports Association, the AIT, and the Taoyuan City Government. They committed to using sports diplomacy to make Taoyuan an Asia-Pacific base for gender equality in sports. In her speech, Otkirk said she'd played soccer in high school and believed in the importance of sports as a field for promoting gender equality. Today's
4: event reflects the value.
3: take this opportunity to thank Mayor Zheng for his commitment to both gender equality in sports and to making Taiwan a welcoming place for immigrants. Taiwan is in many ways
1: at the vanguard of the push for broader human rights worldwide, and efforts like these at the local level help further advance our shared
2: priorities. Through sports, we can further live out our values. Gender equality is very important. For one thing, we hope to promote women's sports. For another, we hope to achieve gender equality in sports.
3: To promote gender equality in sports, the Taoyuan city government translated educational materials into seven languages. The mayor expressed hope that the gender equality movement would take root in his city's sports culture before extending across Taiwan and further spreading through the whole of the Asia-Pacific. Mayor Zheng has made numerous public appearances with Director Odkirk in recent months. On Thursday, he was asked for comment on upcoming opportunities for collaborating with the
2: AIT. This is a very good area for cooperation. We will announce other cooperative ventures as soon as the time is right.
3: The mayor said that city-to-city diplomacy would help Taoyun go international and align Taiwan's gender equality education with global
1: standards. Turning now to the Winter Olympics in Beijing. Alpine skier Li Wenyi made history on Wednesday, becoming the first Taiwanese to compete in a women's slalom event. Speaking to reporters on Thursday, a sports administration
0: official said that Taiwan's subtropical climate was a limiting factor for winter sports. But the official pledged to continue working with Winter Sports Association to support local athletes.
2: Because Taiwan isn't cut out for winter sports, our athletes face quite a few challenges. Many of these athletes are fighting hard for their dreams. If there is any sort of demand or need for training, whenever athletes have enough qualification points, the Sports Administration works with sports associations to provide support to help our athletes make it into the competitions.
0: For the first time in 20 years, Taiwan is fielding athletes in Olympics women's luge and men's alpine skiing events. So far, four athletes have finished competing. Taiwan's next event will be this Sunday, when speed skater Huang Yuqing will take on the women's 500 meters. Alpine skier He Bing Rei will compete in the men's slalom next Wednesday puffed rice is a traditional sweet that's been sold on taiwan streets for generations. for many of us it's now a childhood memory
1: there are few puffed rice vendors on the streets today but some seasoned artisans hang on including one third generation puffed rice maker in Wei Wei li still uses an oven that's more than 50 years old following methods developed by his grandfather <coughs> A clang and a puff of white steam rising.
3: That's the sound of rice puffing. Time for the chef to quickly add the boiling hot malt syrup to the pan. The rice and syrup are stirred thoroughly so each grain is coated in sweet syrup. The puffed rice cake is pressed flat and then cut into blocks to create that crispy, sweet, but not too sweet treat that we all know and love.
2: It tastes great. The smell's lovely. It's not too sweet. It's crispy. The peanuts are very fresh. I don't feel safe buying this just anywhere, but his are all very fresh.
3: It's made right here by the roadside. Would it really be puffed rice without that soundscape of the chef shouting and the pan clanging? But times are changing, and this treat, once ubiquitous on streets all over Taiwan, is now a vanishingly rare sight.
2: I watched my grandpa making it when I was a child. I didn't study it specially, I just learned by watching. Everyone bought their rice and lined up, and my grandpa was always there making it. Then afterwards, my dad made it. I started when my dad's health got bad, continuing the family business, passing it on.
3: This Kaohsiung-pak rice business is now three generations old. You can see from the hand crank oven just how traditional its methods are. The Wei family is not just passing on the taste of old Taiwan, but also the memories and the way of life of those who went before.
1: Taipei says it will lift some COVID restrictions starting next Tuesday, provided that no more COVID cases without unknown origin are reported in the city. Taipei will once again allow eating and drinking in cinemas, and students will be able to go on to field trips.
0: The city also wants to reopen activity and service centers for older adults. Taipei Mayor Ko Wen-je announced the plan on Wednesday, and he's since been hit with sharp public criticism. Health experts say he's moving too fast and could pave the way for a COVID resurgence.
3: Starting February 15th, we will conditionally reopen the Social Welfare Department's Community Care Centers for the Elderly, Senior Service Centers, Continuing Education Centers, Community Integrated Care Services, and the Seniors Teach Program. Along with these facilities... The health department's community care centers for dementia patients will also be allowed to resume operations on a conditional basis, but masks must stay on.
2: If no more cases with unknown origin are reported by Friday, Taipei will ease its COVID restrictions starting next Tuesday. For social and educational venues like Taipei Astronomical Museum and Taipei Zoo, Taipei will lift all capacity restrictions and permit walk-in visitors. It will also lift its ban on school field trips and graduation trips. The country is currently under a level 2 alert, which is to last until the end of the month. But Taipei's mayor said he wants to handle the pandemic differently from the CCC.
3: Restrictions should be lifted for people who have been fully vaccinated. Because I'm someone who's actually administering a city, my position is different from that of the health minister.
2: The mayor says he wants fewer restrictions. But just two weeks before, he had declared a level 2.5 alert for his city. Critics say his sharp about face was giving the city whiplash. They say that one victim is students whose graduation trips are suddenly back on the table. Zhongshan Girls High School has announced that its trip will proceed as scheduled, although with some adjustments to avoid the COVID hit south. The school has sent out permission forms to parents, which some have been hesitant to sign. They say the trip is a chance to catch COVID just before classes resume. They fear that's a recipe for cluster infections.
3: At least our so-called reopening is gradual you can't loosen the regulations too quickly. Otherwise, you risk a
0: resurgence.
3: If there is one infection, the whole school will close. That's one new guideline we set after the Omicron outbreak. Up until tomorrow, our guidelines will remain under review.
0: That includes our guidelines for schools.
2: The Taipei official said that the city's rules for school closures are still subject to change.
0: The pandemic has brought new challenges in public hygiene at places like hospitals and department stores. A lot of efforts
1: goes into taking temperatures and disinfecting visitors at door. But more and more sophisticated automatic gates are taking on the work, leaving humans free to do more interesting jobs. Let's take a look.
2: When this disinfection gate detects a high temperature, it automatically releases a squirt of disinfectant mist. The new model gets disinfection and detection all done in one go. A public hygiene company brought in a new AI system and developed this automatic sensor and disinfection gate. The system also detects when someone isn't wearing a mask. The one-stop shop was unveiled at Kaohsiung's Lunar New Year concert. Just two thermographic sensors took almost 100,000 people's temperatures that night.
3: At some places, such as temples, hotels, and restaurants, there may be an issue with open flames. So we developed our own proprietary disinfection liquid, which can be used in more venues and is less restricted.
2: Disinfection robots are another invention of the age of convenience. They're nothing new, but older models are very loud and less usable. The sites of known infections have required manual disinfection by people in full PPE. Disinfection workers have been known to faint from heat exhaustion. Now, robots are much more mobile and can replace humans, reducing the risk of infection.
3: Taiwan's traditional public hygiene industries all use diesel engine machines. By the time you have disinfected an area, the fumes from the diesel have produced secondary pollution. We want to use technology to help our workers avoid threats to their health in the long term.
2: The pandemic has spurred an embrace of public hygiene as never before. Now, as we look toward coexistence with COVID, new technologies may help reduce risks for frontline workers.
1: An egg shortage is sweeping Taiwan, turning the staple into a precious commodity.
0: Carefor, PX Mart and other supermarkets have begun rationing egg purchases, limiting shoppers to no, no more than two cartons each.
3: From traditional markets, to supermarkets, to small grocery stores, you can't find eggs anywhere.
2: It's complaint after complaint as locals go hunting for eggs. At this store, the only ones left are century eggs and salted eggs. Over in the refrigerated section, the eggs have been replaced with kimchi. Given
3: that there's this egg shortage, if the kids want eggs, all I can do is go to a breakfast shop or go to a convenience store to get tea eggs. Even before the Lunar New Year, I wasn't able to buy eggs. Some grocery stores have hidden the eggs away, selling them only to regular customers. They don't have the eggs out on display. We haven't had eggs since before the Lunar New Year. We're not receiving any at all. Or when we do, we get very few.
2: With the egg shortage rippling through Taiwan, shops are starting to impose rationing. Carrefour has announced that select stores will restrict purchases based on their stock. So far, eight of its stores have limited shoppers to a maximum of two cartons each. At this PX Mart, the refrigerated egg section has been swept clean. The only eggs available are those stored at room temperature. Shoppers are capped at two cartons each.
3: We have a plentiful supply of eggs, but we're asking shoppers to refrain from buying too much at once. We're limiting purchases to one or two cartons per person.
2: Faced with a tight supply, stores are limiting egg purchases in the hope that all shoppers can get their fix.
0: 1,500 drones lit up the night sky of Kaohsiung on Wednesday as part of the 2022
1: Taiwan Lantern Festival. The fleet created colorful animations of Taiwan, the tiger lord deity, and even badminton player Dai Zi Ying. It was a one of a kind light show that mesmerized the crowd. Let's hear from the festival's creative director.
2: We had to perfectly time the roar of the Tiger Lord. The animation of the roar had to match the music, so that was one challenge, coordinating the rhythm of the music with the movement of the drone formation. You know, we went after even the finest details. When the Tiger Lord opens his mouth, you can see his tongue. We studied how Dai Ziyin swings a racket. The end result came out of several rounds of discussion. It was a theatre in the sky. This performance was practically in 3D.
1: Creative director Feng Zhang said the light show was a collaboration between Taiwanese designers and an international team. From the early sketches to the 3D modeling, the show took six months to conceive. The record-breaking musical Cats is back in Taiwan. The show's cats. The cast and crew who went through 21 days of quarantine and self health management say they are excited to entertain Taiwanese audiences. Starting February 10th, the actor will perform 36 shows in
0: six countries and cities across Taiwan. F- FTV reporter Stephanie Young takes us on the behind-the-scenes to look at the production. <laughs>
4: Gorgeous stage set combined with dazzling choreography and classic songs. This is a Tony Award winning production, Cats. Since 1982, the musical has thrilled audiences around the world. Now it's made a stop in Taiwan once again. I got a behind the scenes look at the production. This is a cast makeup room. The costume combines cat and human features. The costumes and makeup are different for every actor, and they reflect each character's distinct personality. Over 100 wigs and around 500 costumes were shipped to Taiwan. Some actors play several roles, so for them to be able to change quickly, the costumes are placed in order of appearance. One of the wardrobe director's duties is to keep track of all the costumes and wigs and to repair them immediately when they're damaged. The cast wardrobe is quite expensive, so daily ironing, cleaning and maintenance are a must.
5: In this show, it's a very design-heavy show, so I think there are over 100 wigs and probably about 500 costumes. Obviously, all the actors have to do their own makeup as well. So it's a very design heavy show. Well, we're incredibly grateful to be here during the pandemic. I think a lot of industry, theater industries around the world have closed and then had to reopen and then close again and reopen. But because I think um, here they've managed to keep the numbers under control and keep the country very safe, we're very happy to be here and we had to um, obviously undergo the quarantine process for 21 days, but we kept rehearsing on Zoom.
4: Cats is a very physical show and requires very rigorous training 12 hours a day. The cast have a physical therapist to help them stretch and provide massage. So
3: because they're crouched down like cats for a good portion of the show, a lot of them tend to have hip tightness, um, and this just... Create creates space in the hip joint, allows them to be able to move
1: efficiently so that they get full range of motion.
4: The stage director says that the stage design was inspired by Junkyard, and the seemingly simple set actually contains many hidden details. For example, cats can run out of the back compartment. There are water pipe channels that allow actors to shuttle inside, and even swings that allow actors to really swing. The set simulates scenes of cats living and playing on the street. With the unique lighting and props, the stage is a five star playground for cats.
5: Um, The set and costumes and makeup and wigs are all designed by John Napier, who's an amazing set designer in the UK. And when the creative team came up you know, with this concept of cats and where are all these gonna, cats going to meet. They, um, they settled on a junkyard, and that's what John Napier has created, which is a, junk, a junkyard where everything is um, to a cat's perspective. So everything is much bigger than um, it would normally be in a normal junkyard, but it's all designed specifically so that the cats look the right size.
4: According to CATS producer Gareth Williams, bringing CATS from Broadway to Taipei Arena was not
5: an easy feat. There are many differences infrastructurally that, um, behind the scenes that you, the audience probably wouldn't be able to tell, but to put the show in an arena does take a lot of um, additional work, but it's mainly to do technical things like rigging and support structures. But um, in Taipei you often have shows in an arena, so you're very good at Putting them in.
4: Cats will perform 36 shows and tour six cities across Taiwan, including Taipei, Xinzhou, Hualien, Taizong, Kaohsiung, and Tainan. FGV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lu Bo Tong in
0: Taipei.